Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Dr. Jeff Anzalone. Dr. Jeff is a periodontist and the founder of DebtFreeDoctor.com, an online blog and platform offering insights and advice to helping other doctors and high-income professionals create passive income from real estate. Today, we're going to talk about Dr. Jeff's experience in launching and marketing a side business and what tools he's used to help find success. We'll learn what has worked from his experience, what could be avoided, and how some people can often miss the mark. Dr. Jeff, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you very much, Stacey. A pleasure uh, being on the, the call with you today. Of course. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. So to start off, can you share with our listeners how you got to where you are today? What got you here where you started a very different career path than what you have going right now on the side or in addition? That, that's a good question. And I could, I could probably take a couple of hours to, to talk about that, but I, I know that we're limited on time. So if I could sum it up, I would say it's from a series of failures, I would say, and mishaps that has, you know, launched me here. So uh, long story short, about two weeks before I was finishing my training in dental surgery at LSU, the, the job that I was supposed to take actually fell through. So my, between my wife and I, we had close to $300,000 of student loan debt. We had a two-month-old. I was living in an 800-square-foot apartment, which in California, that may not be a big deal, but in Louisiana, we <laughs> like our space, you know. <laughs> so, um, and we had actually, this was before the, the 08, the 2008 um, housing, you know, crash. So, I had called up a friend of mine that his dad was a banker. This was before I lost the job. And, and I said, hey, look, I'm, I want to move back home. And there's this house we like. And he knew the group that I was supposed to be going in practice with. So he, so he was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it. You know, here, this was like two, two pages to sign and we had the house. Uh, interest only loan. You know, whenever you can afford the, you know, your, your down payment, that, that's fine. I, that's how it was back then. So yeah. to add that to, to our debt load. So um, long story short, that, that really changed my, my mindset regarding money because uh, I didn't really think about student loan debt too much because I was going to be getting into a practice, going to be having a decent income. I was going to be able to pay my bills, you know, have a nice life, live happily ever after. But when that happened, I guess I realized how quickly things can change just like, uh, you know, with, you know, with these uh, things that, that happen now that um, we never thought would happen, you know, with the pandemic, with the coronavirus, that sort of thing. So, and it took me a while really to, to get rid of that. I guess it was more kind of a scarcity type thinking instead of a, an abundance type thinking regarding money. 
so I was able to network with some people. They helped me, showed me the ropes, showed me how to, to start a practice, run a practice. And um, I'd set some financial goals, had set some get out of debt goals. Uh, was At that time, was a pretty big Dave Ramsey follower. So I've kind of followed some of his principles a little bit, uh, helped us get out of debt. And um, by the time I was 40, I looked up and had accomplished a lot of these things, but I realized that up until that point, probably for the last 20, 25 years, I'd always had some sort of goals I was trying to get to, you know, like I wanted to, to graduate and get into a good college. And then from college, dental school, dental school to a residency program. So it was always something, you know, get out and practice, get out of debt. And then once, once I got to be 40, and hit all these goals, it was kind of like, now what? Yeah. You know? And about at the same time, uh, you know, for 20, 25 years, Dave Ramsey had always talked about really focused on getting out of debt. And he started seeing a shift too, because now all these callers that he was helping get out of debt, they were calling back in and go, okay, Dave, we're, we're debt free. Now what? And that's kind of kind of where I was. And he actually, uh, being the, the good marketing person that he is, uh, he actually pivoted and now has teamed up with Chris Hogan and his daughter to teach people how to become millionaires. So um, I, I knew that I had to do something. So I started looking, okay, the next five to seven years, what do I want to accomplish? And I realized that as a healthcare provider, I only had um, one source of income. And that was just from the practice. And, and I think most people that have jobs or own businesses, you know, many of them have that, that one, that earned income or active income, which as you know, Stacy is the uh, highest taxed income. Yeah. And another thing is um, if you've read any, or have you ever heard of Robert Kiyosaki, you know, the rich dad, poor dad, he talks about the cash flow quadrant. And really the people that are what he calls on the left side of the quadrant that are employees or solo business owners like myself, you're, you're really just an employee. You have a job and that's it. Because you know what, if I'm not seeing and treating patients, no money's coming in. So I really realized that a lot as I started getting older, um, I knew that I needed to make a change because uh, I wanted to spend more time with my kids, some extended time with them before they move out. And then also I started looking at, well, what if something happened to me? Um, I can't work. So again, there's a lot of things that happen. What if, you know, I never thought about this before, but what if we are hit by the pandemic and we can't practice? So that was just another reason that um, I started looking at ways to um, increase passive income. And one of the things that I kept seeing more and more people, more and more successful people uh, that had them in their, in their portfolio was real estate investing. And that's, that's kind of what led me from where I was to, to sort of, you know, kind of now at this point. That's awesome. And so you dove in feed first real estate investing. Now you had your side hustle side gig that you were doing. You were still full time practicing as well. 
Correct. What led you and what made you get to the point where you thought you could actually evolve this into a business of helping other people as well learn all the things that you've learned? Again, it goes back to uh, something, a failure. And, and when I first started out, I, I thought I wanted to be an active real estate investor, meaning owning physical property. And that's, that's really what I always thought, you know, you had to own a house or you had to own a, a fourplex or a storage unit or whatever. But the more people that I talked to that, that did that for a living, the more I realized I didn't want to be a landlord. And that was, to me, that was like taking on a second job, you know, having to take the calls from people that their toilets overflowing at two in the morning. I just, you know, I didn't want to do that. I, I had to look at, you know, going back to the book, Simon Sinek, start with the why, you know, why am I doing this? Well, like I just told you, one of the reasons was I wanted more time to spend with my kids. Well, as an active investor, that, that didn't, that didn't help with that. So I started hearing about something called crowdfunding and passive, passive investing. And I started learning a little bit about that. And then I started actually investing a little bit in, in these types of deals to where, you know, you could, you could pull your money in with somebody with many people invest like maybe in a, an apartment building or a house, kind of like a, a GoFundMe sort of thing, you know, mm -hmm. And I did a, a couple of those and, and that worked out well, but, and I and honestly, looking back, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I mean, it was just go to a website. Oh, that's a pretty picture of an apartment. Oh, those are pretty good returns. Click. I'm going to invest there. And, and that was it. So I, I stepped it up. I, I did a deal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, apartment building. It was uh, quite a large sum of money, $50,000. And they had promised to start giving out the distributions about three to four months after. Well, after about a year and no money coming in, we, start, we finally started getting these emails that the, the, the website, which at that time was realtyshares.com, had actually gone under. And uh, another company took them over. Well, that other company eventually they, they did what they could, but the deal fell through. Um, it was in a seedy crime filled neighborhood. People, more people were moving out than moving in. And, uh, the, the guy, the sponsors that put their money in that were, that were rehabbing the apartment, they, um, they, they spent too much money too quickly. So look, basically every investor in that deal lost their, their money their investment. So that was a, that was a quite a hard pill to swallow, but that really opened my eyes and it was totally on me. They really opened my eyes to, you know, Jeff, you didn't know what you were doing. You had no business doing that. And that really was the catalyst to, to put me on the path to, to really learning a lot. And, I, and I'm still, I learn every day, but um, help me to learn what I'm doing. Now to, to, to answer your question about why I, eventually started a website and, and started sort of a, a side hustle was as a, a doctor, uh, most of us or other high income earner, we have like this target on our chest, like, you know, stupid or sucker or, you know, that sort of thing. So we're always getting pitched by people 
to, to buy their product or, or invest with them. And, oh, you know, so I, I really didn't want other people to make the same mistakes. So that's, that's really the, the simple reason why I started it. And all I had to do is basically just tell them what I just told you, stories of, um, of why I wanted to start doing this with the passive income and spending more time, um, the failures that I had, and now the starting to learn about it and the, and the different successes that we're having with uh, getting into these passive income deals. But along the way, educating them so they know what they're doing before they invest. And you started off by doing a lot of blogging. I mean, you've been consistently blogging since at least 2018 when I went back to your blog um, on a regular basis. It looks like you used to be about one month and now you're often a couple of times a week. Correct. And where are you finding, because this is one of the biggest things that we hear from, and with my agency, we blog four to five times a week with new blogs. And it's a lot, but it's caused us to see such traction and to be able to build ourselves into being major thought leaders in the world of the space we work in, which is pop culture marketing. It's a pretty you know, specific area um, of marketing. And most of our clients actually come to us because you know, they've read something that we've written or they've heard about us from an article that was in the media and then they have gone in and now read something that we've written. Um, are you finding that most of your uh, partnerships that you build, most of the people that you bring into your tribe are finding you naturally and organically really through just seeing articles you've written when they're Google, you know, searching and then they're able to dive in a little bit more and learn who you are and build that trust factor? That's a good question. Um, and again, being from Louisiana, when I first started this uh, as a redneck, I literally didn't know anything about computers, but okay. how to turn it on, that, that's it. And how to surf the web. So the, the task of starting a blog on my own was, was very daunting as you can imagine. But I, again, there's so much information online that's free to teach you. And I, and, and I did that for a while. So for like the first six months I started it and I was just writing this random stuff. And I was like, you know what, if you're actually going to take the time to do something, you know, the, the natural competitive nature that I had, I was like, well, don't you want it to, be where people could read it, you know, rank on Google. So I, I luckily uh, found a, a guy, found a course that, that taught about how to make your blog successful. Mm -hmm. and, and the key was, you know, finding the, the needles in the haystack as far as what people are searching for. So meaning there's a, you know, for, so like a keyword, let's say it's make money in real estate. You know, people are actually typing that in. Well, if you can find a specific keyword that's a high volume of people searching for, but a low results, so there's not a whole lot of results out there or websites, that's kind of the key. Problem is most people don't want to take the hours and hours it takes to find those. So they just start writing something, you know, randomly. So to give you an example, after I took his course and started, started doing this, well, uh, at that time, I went to something called FinCon, which is a financial conference for, I didn't even know this existed, for other financial, you know, quote, bloggers. 
So everybody was talking, you know, about, hey, you know, what are you doing to rank on Google? How, how do you, I, you know, I've been blogging for years. I'm trying to get to number one. And I said, well, I took a course a couple of months ago and I, and I already ranked number one on Google on one thing. And they were like, you know, it's like, oh my, what, what you know, what did you do? Whatever. It's like, it's, it's not hard. You just, you got to put in the work. But once I started telling them about the work that it takes, it was like, no, the, the, uh, we're not going to do that. It's got to be something easier. So it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not easy. Like anything in life, you, you have to work at it. So um, that really helped me a lot. Uh, and, and going from at that time, posting usually one article a week to everyone kept telling me at least do two. So, so I made a commitment so that after that year of doing two a week, that's when I really started seeing my organic traffic going up. But um, now I'm, I'm thinking about where people like, you know, what's my target audience? It's, yeah, it's doctors and, and other high income earners, but you got to think about where those people go that are looking for this information, you know? So, well, they're not just going to be going to any random website. They're going to be going to different investment websites that are geared towards them. They're going to different forums. They may be searching for different terms. So you have to start thinking about, okay, if I'm a doctor wanting to earn more money, what, what would I do? Where would I go? So you have to, and I'm sure you know about the Robert Collier principle, you know, you want to enter the conversation going on in, in your prospect's mind. You know, that's, that's kind of marketing 101. But uh, I started using that principle. And once I started doing that with getting on these forums and then getting on these podcasts, that's when I really saw things start to, to, to boost for me. And I think, I don't know if you're doing it yet. The other area you might want to explore is on all those platforms that those doctors and high net worth and uh, professionals are on, seeing if you can write on their platforms because there's so many times that people are actually who have blogs and who have, um, you know, access to those individuals, they're looking for content. And if you can write and you can write something that's a structured, good, you know, overview, it's a great way to build some additional thought leadership. Um, just yeah, that's, that's a good idea. You're there. talking about like guest, guest articles? Yeah, like guest articles, guest contributing articles. And even looking at, you know, Huffington Post and Forbes and all of those platforms actually allow that if you submit yourself. Some are subscription models where you have to pay to do it. You're like, yay, I get to pay to write for you. This sucks. A lot of people do that, but there's plenty out there where um, you could actually write without paying, where you're getting a benefit and you're still doing, you know, one link back to your own platform mm -hmm. or additional articles that you have written. So you can start building that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just start there. Yeah. Uh, we do all the content marketing in my world. So I love it when people are doing what you're doing. Um, you know, we found we found a lot of success and we've built out a very robust blog with much like you having no idea what to do and just starting to write and then being like, Oh, maybe we need to know long tail keywords and what people are actually looking for versus just stumbling across us. So it does take a lot of work, but that's phenomenal that you have, you're not only a very schooled individual, obviously you can't become a paradonist without having a lot of education, but you've gone out and done a lot of self-learning. 
and you've sought, you know, experts, you're great at name dropping some of the biggest people out there who are into self-improvement and real estate and, and betterment. And you've read those books and you've been able to take it in and put it into practice for yourself. Yeah. I'm, you know, with, why try to reinvent the wheel? There's so many people that have done this. So you just kind of look at what they've done or who they've read and, and uh, you just take action. That's, I think that's the number one thing that people don't do. There's, I think it's even worse now because as you know, there's so much content and information. I mean, you know, you can literally just pick up your cell phone and ask Siri or, or whoever about something and you can get it like that where, you know, as, I don't know how old you are, but I, you know, back in the day, I had to go to the bookshelf and get the Britannica encyclopedia, you know, to do it or go to the library. And my kids are like, God, oh, what's an encyclopedia? So uh, I've I hauled that encyclopedia all over. I think I finally, finally got rid of it. And if I didn't get rid of it, it's in our garage right now. I've hauled that thing. We got it in third grade. It was the pride and joy. I read so much of it, but that took up a lot of bookshelf space. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but that's, that's the thing. We have so much information that we, we don't do anything with it. Yeah. And, and to give you an example, I'll have these, these calls where with these doctors and, and th they actually know as much or more about real estate than me. I mean, they're spouting off cap rates and uh, cash on cash return and what's this and that. I was like, man, how, you know, how, how long have you been investing in real estate or how many deals have you done? They're like, well, none. And I said, well, what are you holding back? And, and it's always, they, they keep, they, they keep, they have so much information. I mean, you've heard the, the phrase uh, paralysis by analysis, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, and, and, I, and I tell them in a nice way, I said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, we'll probably be talking in another couple of years and you're going to be in the same spot. While I'm still investing in deals, making more money, you're still talking about what if, what if this happens, what if this happens? And that's fine. That's, I'm not telling you what to do, but you're going to look up one day and you're going to not have any money and you're going to be 65 years old and you're still going to be saying, what if? So if that's, that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you, you got to take action. And that's, there's that's a, yeah, there's a big difference. I mean, you're a risk taker in, in what you've done. But, you know, why you're coaching and why you're getting people attracted to um, what you have to say and wanting to work with you is you have not schooled, your, just schooled yourself. You've actually put it in practice and you've failed because the best way to learn in life is through our failures. And you've obviously had a few along the way and you've learned from them. So you won't do that again. And that's the insight that no matter how much someone reads, until they actually understand where things can go wrong and actually can wrap their head around on how to avoid those things, the value's not there. So that is what I'm assuming people really enjoy working with you um, on because you have that insight as well. Yeah, they, they really like the, the honesty that, that I tell them um, and you know, I just tell them my failures and then uh, and I'll, and I'll tell them straight up whether or not they should pursue investing or not, you know, from an ethical standpoint, I actually went through the Dave Ramsey financial coaching certification last year, not to coach, but to ask them questions to see if, if it, it is a good thing for them. So for instance, I spoke with a, a young dentist a few months ago from, I think Nebraska, 
and he wanted to start doing some real estate investing. But after I asked him a bunch of questions between his student loan debt, his mortgage, his practice loan, equipment loan, he was like 900 and something thousand dollars in debt. And I could have easily told him, yeah, you know, why don't you start investing in real estate and, and all this? But I said, you know, if the way that I answer the question, if I were you, would I do it knowing what I've gone through? And I said, no, you know, once you get out of consumer debt and you, and you've got, you know, these different things in place, then, then call me back and we can talk. Well, what are other things, if you had to give advice to other people who have a side hustle, they found something that's their passion project, they love doing it, they've become good at doing it, and they want to actually start sharing what that passion is with others, what are some of the suggestions you would give them to maybe ramp it up faster than you have or find more success than you have, not more success than you have, but find success faster than you found it, or just skip some of the things along the way that you learned from? It's a good question. Um, I probably would, if you could find a few people that not, not necessarily are in your space, but, you know, let's say you want to do a, a podcast or a blog, you know, find some people that, that you have a blog, a nice blog or a podcast that you like, and then pick their brains. And then they're the ones that are going to usually tell you, hey, you know, I did this and I did these three things, but I really should have focused on this. So, uh, again, that that would be the, the, the quickest way to shortcut it. But once you do figure out your thought leadership platform, whether it's a blog or a podcast or whatever, at the same time that you're finding some mentors, again, uh, all the information that you want is is free online. And, and again, you may find somebody online after going through some material that you can reach out to as well. Cause I, most people like to, you know, that I've contacted, most people like to share their successes with other people and help people yep. because they know what it was like, you know, back, back then. So I, I think that's, that's where I would spend most of my time focusing, but um, I, I wouldn't start putting out information or anything like that until you get that down. Because again, you'd just be wasting your time. Yeah, I, you know, I do think, I think all the topics that you touched on are, are relevant to everyone. What's the biggest marketing mistake you think you've learned from? I think it was trying to be, well, I, from, from my practice initially, we get referrals from other dentists mm -hmm. as a specialist. So for years and years, there's probably about 90 dentists in my area. I tried to be everything to all of them. I spent the same amount of time to all of them, but I didn't real I didn't know about the um, the Pareto principle, the 2080 rule. Sure. That basically, you know, 80% of my business was coming from 20% of the dentist. So once I started focusing on, man, I spent so many years and so much money on, you know, to, to all of them. And once I focused on that 20%, that's that's when I started seeing results. Yeah. And that applies to literally every type of business out there. It doesn't matter if you're a service business or any level of business, that's going to be the same result. And we've, we've really, I've, man, we've really had to change a lot because especially in LA, the, just about every dentist now is, is doing, you know, placing implants and, mm -hmm. and doing the types of procedures that we were trained on. So, so now the, you know, I used to have 95% of my business come from dentists okay. and now maybe 40% comes from dentists. 
and it, and it decreases every year. So I had to start learning about Google ads, Facebook ads, mm -hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. Because before we got maybe 10 patients a year from the internet. And now we're, you know, the bulk of our patients come from the web and then how to handle them with the phone calls, you know, when they call and stuff. So it's, it's, it's really evolved a lot just in 15 years for sure. And as being the dentist, as being the professional owner of the company, you haven't been relying on a manager on your staff or someone on your team to have to learn all of these things. You've decided to put this on under yourself to learn how to grow your business. Yeah. Have you heard of Dan Kennedy? I have. Okay. Um, that's, that's where I kind of started all of my, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, no BS marketing world. And mm -hmm. actually back in 20, I think 15 or 16, um, I lucked up and was one of the marketer of the year finalists at their annual event. So I got to, to present in front of like a thousand people and had a, and then got to spend a weekend with Dan at Disney world and all that. And that being around those people is really, really smart people. You know, there was attorneys and, financial planners and other people, engineers and listening to what they were doing, but it all, everything, like you said, boiled down to the same principles that they were all using. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's um, so interesting is that private practitioners of any sort service organizer owners of any sort actually have to learn fundamentals of not only doing what they specialize in now, but also learning how to market what they specialize in so that they can ensure business success. It's no yeah. longer enough just to be good at what you do. I was actually having this conversation with my wife yesterday. I said, who right now in this era is the number one marketing person in the world? Who, who has the best marketing plan? Mm -hmm. And it, it's our president. Whether you like him or not, yeah. he is the best marketer. And sure. that's why he, why he won is because and you can read all about the guy that actually leads his, it's just a great story of, of what, of what he did and how he did it. And, and now how they're changing their approach now to getting reelected. So it's, mm -hmm. it's the, if you want to win really in anything, it's the best marketer wins. Yeah, it's true. It's not necessarily the best man at the job. Nope. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad in your case, you're doing successfully on both fronts. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So if someone wants to learn more about working with you and, and, you know, obviously they can come and read your blogs, but where do they go? Can you share some insight? How can they find out more, get in touch with you and learn all about passive real estate investing? Well, the, the, the main website that I have is a debt free. I, I wanted to get debtfreedoctor.com, but that domain was already taken. So I had to settle with debtfreedr.com. But um, if they're if they're wanting to just to see what the website looks like, then they could go there. But if they're interested in learning more about passive income, they could go to debtfreedr.com slash free guide and they can download a, a free guide that I wrote about, um, you know, the different different ways that you can look into starting to learn about creating passive income to free you up. Yeah, it's awesome. We'll share that in the show notes as well mm -hmm. um, so that everyone can easily access that. Do you have any, as we're wrapping this up, because I know we could dive in even more, but do you have any more last parting words of advice to our listeners today? I would say you could 
take, take what we're talking about and it really doesn't matter what business that you're in. Um, probably most of the marketing and sales that I've learned initially, it was from just dental only type courses, but now I learn more from Disney Zappos, you know, all these other companies and, and, and it's all about becoming an authority, you know, putting out the content, you know, I have a, I don't know if people are going to see this video or not, but I've, you know, we, we send out this, this package to, to our patients that, that, you know, I've got a couple of books that I've written, um, some interviews that I've done. So anything that you have laying around that you could put together, um, whether if you have an online business, it could be a download, something that you can download, or if you have a brick and mortar business, something you could physically hand out to people just to, sh because people want to know that where they're going, they're getting good value and they want to be able to trust that person. And, and once you have some stuff like that, you know, you're kind of quote seen as the expert or the authority. And, and I think that's the key. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And your awesome choice, um, choice story background made it hard for everyone to see what you were showing. But I think that, you know, you do have a book, you do have the overview. Um, again, that's so, much about establishing thought leadership today and, and it's changed it's um you know even five years ago it was less about the giving away everything that you know for free and it's evolved into providing this type of insight providing these types of details to people they want it and they're just going to think of you as more of an expert and want to work with you even more it's true yeah. hit the nail on the head well, Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciated your time. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much, Stacey. Thank you. Of course. And to all of our listeners tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them, thank you. And I look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast. And until then, stay safe.